The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. His ability to make people miss in the hole is one of the great things to watch about him. He did there. He's got what you don't teach is what Coach Davis talked about. He's got the ability. He's got instincts. And then he's got slasher speed to finish the play. So six points on the board for the Hawkeyes who score first. C.J. Beathard to throw. Wide open receiver. McCarron's got it. Foot race down the far side. Another long Iowa touchdown. On senior day, Riley McCarron. The senior receiver takes the pass from the senior quarterback, C.J. Beathard, 77 yards for the second long Hawkeye score of the day. Once again, this play set up by Nebraska's respect for the running game of Iowa. McCarron just outracing Williams to the end zone. Into the end zone, untouched for the Hawkeye touchdown goes LaShawn Daniels. This point in the game and at that point right there at the one-yard line, Nebraska did not look up to the task of stopping Iowa. Daniels, one of the 14 seniors on this Hawkeye squad, gets into the end zone for a second time today. 13 plays, every single one of them a running play. Eight minutes and ten seconds that drive took. Into the end zone, Daniels for the touchdown. Uh, so Nebraska and Iowa both will look ahead to a bowl games as part of the most wonderful time of the year. But for Kirk Ferentz and his 14 seniors on this Hawkeye team, uh, it will be the happiest of senior days. A win at home over their uh, adjacent rivals, Nebraska, and a big win at that. And both teams will look at the bowl game as an opportunity to want to finish a positive stretch for Iowa to turn it around for Nebraska. And the final score is the Iowa Hawkeyes 40 and the Nebraska Cornhuskers 10. Hello, everyone. This is John. John Patchett and welcome to the football show from Hawkeyes Mike. This is our special 2017 Outback Bowl Reporter's Notebook podcast. It features both regulars, Steve Batterson and Scott Docterman, who break down the Iowa-Florida game in depth and make their predictions. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our regular programs, which includes sports reporter Scott Docterman of the Land of Ten and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, plus our own Tyler Chuck. Mulland and Jack Bransgard. Game highlights are courtesy of ABC, wrapping up the win over Nebraska in 2016's regular season finale. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeye's Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. Time to begin our Iowa-Florida Outback Bowl deep dive. First up, Scott Docterman takes a look at the matchup between Iowa's offense and Florida's defense. You can read Scott's articles online at landof10.com. You can also follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Docterman. Scott, what can we expect when the Hawkeyes line up on offense facing a very tough Florida defensive squad? This is maybe the most uneven matchup of the game. We're looking at a Florida defense that 
that is every bit as good as what we saw with Michigan a couple of weeks ago. I guess now almost a month and a half ago. You're you're looking at potentially four first round draft picks on defense, including both cornerbacks. The challenge that Michigan presented with Jordan Lewis and uh, and Stribling on the corners pales compared to this one. Uh, Tease Tabor and Quincy Wilson Tabor will be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. One of the best, most talented corners you'll find out there. Quincy Wilson's probably a, a late first round guy. What you see out of their defense against the pass is impressive against good passing teams, let alone somebody like Iowa's. Uh, they've allowed the lowest number of touchdowns at, at eight this year, number three in pass defense as a total with 156 yards per game, and their completion percentage they've allowed is only 46.4. I mean, Iowa's is, is conversely on the defensive side doing the best, and that's at 50%. So this just shows you how capable Florida's defense is uh, shutting down anybody. Then you start to look at the Iowa side, and that's where it really gets scary. I mean, they're past the offense. It's 114 nationally going into the bowl, the bowl league at, you know, 161 yards per game. We talked about, you know, once Matt Vandenberg went down, the numbers continued to wilt away. This is, a, this is an offense that has kind of asthma of a passing game. So to go against this Florida pass defense, I mean, it's it's probably you're going to see a similar game plan to Michigan, which means Florida is going to probably expect that. That's a whole lot of Akron Wadley in the flat, out and trying to get him isolated in space on a linebacker. Uh, but then there are two other players you have to watch out for. Caleb Brantley is an interior threat um, at the defensive line. He's uh, you know about 6'3", 300-pound uh, defensive tackle. Um, he's an NFL first-round draft pick waiting to happen. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jake Replogle from Purdue. He's just very active. He has eight and a half tackles for loss. Only 28 tackles, but he takes on double teams on just about every play because he's so disruptive. So you're going to see a lot of that with Iowa. They're going to tag team block him, get him off low escapes, and then move to the second level to try to meet Jared Davis, who's maybe the next uh, great floor linebacker. You know, he's a senior. Now he's almost 240 pounds, 6'2", great athlete. Probably compare him to Brian Cox. You know, I guess I'm dating myself here back in the uh, 90s. You know, used to play for uh, Miami Dolphins and Chicago Bears, but, you know, terrific player um, in the box, can move. He's been injured, though, and his status is really undetermined at, at this point. So uh, how much he plays, how effective he plays, whether it's on a high ankle sprain or low ankle sprain, I think is going to be real uh, impactful for Florida's defense. So, but that said, you know, the passing game, Iowa never really lives with the passing game. So what it's going to have to do is run the football. And there's some advantages there that Iowa has. You know, Florida does allow yards, but it's grudgingly, um, you know, 142 on the ground. Total B is less than 300 per game. That's sixth best in the country. But Iowa's got two running backs who are approaching both going over to uh, 1,000 yards each. You already got with Sean Daniels there, and now it's up back or Wadley to see if he can get the final 34 yards to reach that level. So you're going to expect to see a healthy dose of that. The question I also have is, uh, you know, can they do something a little bit different that Florida's not prepared for? And that's going to be really interesting to see. Now, C.J. Beathard's a capable quarterback. Will he try to – will 
George Kittle be completely healthy or healthy enough to matter. Uh, Riley McCarron has done some nice things in the passing game, but he's probably not going to run 75 yards past the fourth defense the way that it's Nebraska. So uh, this is a this is an area where Iowa is you know re- merely flipping the field, driving from maybe its own 25 to the to midfield and punting is not a sin. It's it's a matter of field position because Florida is equally inept at times on its offensive end of the, of the field. So it's about limiting um, your mistakes on offense and executing when you're in the red zone, which Iowa does a pretty good job of and Florida does not. Next, Steve Batterson analyzes the matchup between Iowa's defense and Florida's offense. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve, the Hawkeyes' offense has a daunting task, certainly, against Florida's defense, but what do the Hawkeyes need to do on defense to stop a Florida offense that's certainly not one of the best in the SEC? Iowa's defense has an interesting checklist of things to to keep an eye on and to do against the uh, the Gators and the Outback Bowl. There's no question about that. This is a Florida offense that uh, has been a little sporadic. It's uh, dealt with with some injuries, including it at the quarterback position. It's a, uh, an offensive line that is fairly young. A fairly interesting matchup for the Hawkeyes in, in a lot of respects. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, you know, the biggest thing that will be uh, uh, on that to-do list for the Hawkeyes will be to, to simply deal with the Gator speed. Anytime you're dealing with an SEC team, speed is, is first and foremost, and uh, there's no question that uh, uh, from front to back, uh, this will be one of the quicker defenses that I would have seen. It, it's a defense very similar in many respects to the defense Iowa faced against Michigan. It, it will be a, uh, a matchup that, uh, uh, in some respects, I think it, it is uh, one that Iowa is prepared for. Uh, it's one certainly they're capable of handling. But let's dig a little deeper. At, uh, uh, and I think uh, you know the first thing that Iowa is going to have to do defensively is, is they're going to have to keep an eye on, on Florida's running game. Uh, the the uh, uh, instability of the quarterback position has made the Gators a little bit vulnerable. Certainly have some capable backs in, in Jordan Scarlett and, and Michael Perrine. Scarlett is uh, is a veteran of the group, uh, 785 yards, 795 yards on, on the season, uh, averaging about 4.8 yards a carry. As is uh, Michael, no, Michael Perrin, uh, the uh, true freshman. Perrin is uh, one of uh, 14 true freshmen in FBS football this year to uh, to have multiple 100-yard uh, rushing performances. Uh, he's a talented young back and somebody I will need to be aware of uh, as he kind of shares the load in the backfield with, with Scarlett. Uh, both of those guys are, are capable backs, and, and uh, uh, they certainly uh, will have the attention of the Iowa defense. Uh, quarterback Iowa has a familiarity with, with the uh, expected starter for the Gators. Austin Appleby is a, a graduate transfer from Purdue. Uh, the Hawkeyes have faced him the last three seasons, all in a reserve role, uh, although he did come in off the bench uh, uh, a year ago at Kinnick Stadium in, on, a, on a frozen November Saturday and threw for over 250 yards uh, after that game was uh, uh, over fairly early. Iowa was in control. Uh, Appleby came in and made things interesting down the stretch. and He, he certainly has a very capable arm, and, and uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that, uh, uh, you know, he's had an interesting season. He, he 
ended up as not winning the starting job. Uh, that went to Del Del Rio, uh, who has missed the last four games with with a shoulder injury. Uh, Del Rio is, uh, you know, they have similar passing numbers. Uh, Appleby has completed 61% of his passes, going for 1,225 yards. Del Rio, a 56.7% passer, 1,358 yards. Uh, the difference is probably uh, both of those guys have been a little turnover prone at times. This is uh, one of those things the Iowa secondary will have some opportunities that uh, uh, can be on their to-do list uh, as well because uh, Appleby's been picked off eight times as has Del Rio. Del Rio uh, uh, threw uh, several of those picks in a game that uh, he probably shouldn't have been on the field in against Arkansas with the uh, shoulder injury but uh, uh, it led to uh, the decision to, to go with Appleby and uh, Del Rio has uh, returned to throwing in practice in the past week or so and uh, is expected to be available uh, it, just how he will be used is, is undetermined. The Hawkeyes will have to keep an eye on, on Antonio Callaway. He, he's a, a talented receiver, uh, a fairly balanced group of receivers uh, in, in Florida will, will feature. Callaway has uh, 47 catches on the year, Brandon Powell 43, and, and DeAndre Goolsby 36. So Florida has, has some, some receiving talent that, uh, that will be a, a challenge. There's no question that Antonio Callaway is one of those guys that I was going to have to keep an eye on. He's, he's uh, uh, a shifty receiver, uh, the kind of guy that uh, will create some issues and, and certainly will be a, uh, a question that uh, I will need to answer during the course of the game. It's a uh, it's a it's a solid group of, of offensive players. Uh, they have lacked consistency. Uh, in some respects, it's probably a byproduct, uh, at least initially, up front of, of an offensive line that is uh, uh, fairly young. Two freshmen and two sophomores at times will be on the field for the Gators. Uh, they have been uh, done a fairly decent job of protecting uh, their quarterback. They've allowed only only 25 sacks this season, which uh, ranks among the, uh, the national leaders. So uh, they, they, They're doing their job, uh, but uh, there's been some learning uh, going on as well, much uh, much like the case uh, with, with Iowa's offensive line, it is, it is dealt with uh, guys being in and out and that type of thing over the course of the year. And what about the special teams in this bowl game? Florida will definitely challenge uh, Iowa with its special team. Johnny Townsend is uh, a punter who, who leads uh, FBS football uh, with an average of 48.05 yards per punt. He's uh, not only uh, uh, has a strong link, he has an accurate leg as well. He's, he's dropped 25 punts inside the 20-yard line this year. 28 more uh, have gone for 50 yards or more. He's, his career long is 62. He's done that twice this year, both in SEC games, and uh, he'll be a guy that uh, uh, he certainly has some uh, uh, a leg that uh, will will impact this game. There's no doubt about that. Florida, when you take a look at their at their kicker, is Eddie Pinero. Uh, he, he's been fairly accurate uh, over the course of the season. He's a guy that uh, um, 18 of 22 on field goals. He's had uh, three attempts from beyond 50 yards and, and is connected on, on all three of those. He's a relatively inexperienced kicker, but he's certainly he's somebody that uh, um, has shown some accuracy this year that uh, I will need to be a little wary of as, as things progress over the course of the game. The return game uh, could be a, a bit of a challenge.
Island for Iowa. Florida leads the SEC and ranks fourth nationally in, in kickoff return defense. Uh, they've allowed only 284 yards. Iowa certainly has uh, uh, been very effective with that as well, uh, in part because of, of the accuracy and, and, and strength of, of Ryan Faluzzi's leg. It's uh, uh, become a, uh, a return game uh, could be very well uh, neutralized in this matchup. We'd be remiss not to uh, to mention the, the effectiveness of, of Kaluzzi throughout the season as, as a punter for Iowa. Uh, he's certainly given the Hawkeyes everything that uh, uh, you know that you could have asked for out of out of a graduate transfer. He stepped in and provided some leadership in an area where Iowa needed someone to to kind of step in and replace a couple of seniors. He's allowed not only uh, the punting game to kind of solidify itself, but I, I think he's helped the uh, freshman kicker Keith Duncan uh, settle into his role as well. Uh, you know, Iowa has not used the leg very often, uh, but uh, it has been a fairly effective weapon when they have chosen to to uh, to kick the field goals. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy! <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard! 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Let's go back to Scott Docterman now. We have three bowl games left involving Big Ten teams, Scott. What's your take on those? Penn State and USC, I think it could be one of the best games on the docket. USC's favored. USC's played really well, but but I would say that uh, Penn State's not going to have any fear. The way Penn State's played against, you know, Wisconsin getting down so heavy early and then bouncing back and winning that game shows that they've got a lot of toughness mentally and they're just a tenacious team. And and I think that one could be just a fun game to watch come down to the wire. And, uh, you know, I'd probably take USC just because it separates in Southern California. But, man, I, I think this could be like a 38-34 game one way or the other. And, and unfortunately for Wisconsin, I think the matchup is good against Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl, but um, will anybody watch it? I mean, that's uh, these matchups don't go, do real good ratings. In group of five versus not, uh, Power Five, and Wisconsin had a very good year, but you know, Western Michigan is you know they're not rivals or anything, but they're in the same neck of the woods. So I think Wisconsin's probably a, you know, a better team, but I think more people watch the Outback Bowl, which I'm at here in Tampa. You know, SEC versus Big Ten team; those those te- those games tend to show up a little bit better in the ratings book. And, and by and large, I think this is going to be a really good competitive game. If you like defense, if you like tough, toughness, run the football, physical play, it, this is your game. If you like points, well, go watch basketball. Uh, this is, to me, is, is one of the better games in bowl season, just simply because the matchup dictates that. You know, two eight and four teams, two teams that are flawed but have played well at times. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? 
TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Time now for the predictions. Iowa versus Florida, the 2017 Outback Bowl. Steve, what's your thinking? This is a matchup for the Hawkeyes that uh, will follow a fairly familiar script uh, in several ways. Uh, um, it's a game Iowa certainly can win. They've been in several of these games this year, uh, most notably against uh, Michigan with success and uh, also in Wisconsin, against Wisconsin in some ways as well. Uh, this will be one of the better defenses the Hawkeyes have faced. Uh, they learned against Michigan that the best way to deal with that is, is to uh, simply control the clock, control the game uh, with a powerful running game, an effective running game. Not necessarily with big plays, but with uh, just you know short, slow, short games that, that continue to work the uh, the clock and move the ball downfield and and uh, deny uh, the opponent the opportunity to to make uh, most of, uh, of its of its abilities. Uh, I, I think it's a game Iowa can win. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, I will take the Hawkeyes and we'll go uh, 17-14 on on the strength of a uh, of a Keith Duncan field goal at, at some point during the afternoon. And Scott, how are you predicting this one? When you look at this matchup, you you've got two teams that are built. Similar ways, you've got you know both are heavy defensive teams. Iowa likes to run the football. Florida also runs the football. So I think what what it comes down to in many of these games is who can do it most consistently on offense. Are there going to be any big plays, field position, and of course turnovers? Uh, that's going to probably dictate the outcome. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, it reminds me. In some ways of the Iowa-LSU game, I don't think either one of these teams are as good as those two teams that day, but except Iowa's quarterback um, and running backs. But I like Iowa to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be competitive. But unlike what we've seen in previous bowl games for the Hawkeyes, uh, there's a different kind of edge to them. You know, that they are disappointed. They lost their last four bowl games, which oddly enough came across after winning three straight and everybody thinking that Iowa was special in bowl games. Um, I, I think what we, we've seen is Iowa's defense is capable of containing Florida's offense. Uh, Austin Appleby is a quarterback which, with which they're familiar, and Florida has struggled offensively. And then defensively, well, on Iowa's offensive side, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to struggle to move the ball, and they're going to have to hope to hit a big play or two. But I think they they're capable of churning out drives with their with their running backs and occasionally hitting a couple of passes. So as long as they don't have any big turnovers, uh, especially on special teams, I think the Hawkeyes will handle the Gators. I'm going to predict a close game, uh, 1916, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's an overtime 1916. These outback goals tend to, outside of last year, tend to be really good games. So, yeah, I, I think this is, uh, Iowa gets off the schneid. They win nine games this year, and I think by and large you can consider it a success despite the uh, lofty expectations that the Hawkeyes failed to meet. That is good news. That is good news. (laughs) 
just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Our thanks again to ABC for the game highlight. And special thanks, as always, to both Steve Batterson and Scott Docterman for all of their contributions throughout the year. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more throughout the season, and that you will subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.